0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome, fellow investors, to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, March 26, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. And it was another volatile day. Yes, volatile does mean up sometimes. Volatility is just simply large price movements, uh, and clearly we got we've we've seen that over the past uh, six weeks. And we're starting to get a little bit of this rally, and we know this is driven by stimulus, uh, an oversold market, and the big question is, will it last? So we're going to get into that today a little bit more to understand what to likely expect over the coming weeks, months, and maybe even years, because uh, it's always hard to know, but big events like this often lead to big reactions. You know, think of 9-11, our reaction with, uh, with security at airports, right? Uh, the financial crisis brought big changes to how the real estate market and banking industry acted and how regulation happened around that. So you're likely to see those effects as well, both on the political and regulatory level, but as well as the individual action, right? That uh, change of habits, change of mindset towards different things. Uh, and right now, uh, it's likely to be long-term a change in the way we look at Cleanliness, uh, about disease, healthcare, et cetera. So that's something we can get into uh, as well. And we know that this uh, COVID 19 epidemic pandemic now has affected our day to day lives as well as our investment portfolios. And crazy to say, that we are approaching the end of the first quarter. Wow. This year feels like it's been a decade. It's just quite been quite the first quarter of the year. I've never seen anything like it in my career. Close. You know, financial crisis was similar, uh, maybe not in the speed, but in the magnitude, that's for sure. Uh, but, you know, we haven't seen something like this in in really decades. Uh, and the market was down, peaked the trough, 35-ish percent, got the exact number from the highs in February, and it came rather quickly and volatility now is the upside at least in the, over the last three days. But what hasn't changed is the uncertainty. Uncertainty still remains in the market, still remains in the economy, and you as an investor, you want strategy to help you deal with that volatility so you can be prepared for times like this. And the end goal is always to achieve your own version of financial freedom, and that's why we do this show each and every day. And probably the reason why you listen to the show often. So I'm Justin Klein and I hope you will call me in this hour. I encourage our calls to come in sooner rather than later. And through this Invest Talk radio program and podcast, I can help you become a better investor. Now, one way Steve and I are able to do this is by implementing our own philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. We're not CNBC. We're different from most other advisors because we Practice parallel investing, we invest right alongside our clients, as well as we provide unbiased guidance, right? We're not pushing mutual funds or we get a kickback on or something like that. Uh, we only recommend strategies that we implement for ourselves. So now that I've set things up, I'm here, ready to answer your investing and financial questions. Our anytime listener line is open right now at 888-99-CHART. That's 888-992-4278. Now, if you want to set up a an in-person portfolio review consultation, please reach out to us. Uh, we have many dates on our website, both here in California as well as across the country. Uh, She's going to, I believe, Houston, Texas, Chicago coming up. I think we have an Atlanta date later in the year, New York once again. So many big cities uh, across the country. Uh, but also, if you want to set up Skype call, these are really easy. It's really nice. Uh, I've done a lot of these over the past couple weeks now that, yeah, I'm working from home. Uh, our our office building closed last week for a little bit. It's now back open, but from a safety and just uh, safety standpoint for everybody, uh we're we're working from home. Luckily we have a lot of technology, we all have laptops, uh, I have a setup at home, it makes all of this a lot easier. So um I've been doing a lot of Skype calls, FaceTime calls, et cetera. So if you want to set up time, talk to myself or Steve, look at your portfolio, make sure you're on the right track, see how you could be improving uh, your situation in order to achieve that home ver- your own version of financial freedom. Don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can learn more and to register right now at investtalk.com. And my main talking point today concerns the opinion that the stock market rally has a better than even chance of failing. And we've seen fresh bullishness, bullishness but capitulation has not yet occurred. I know last uh, few weeks felt pretty bad, But I'm kind of noticing this as well. We didn't get a ton of calls from clients. Now, part of that is because we weathered the storm a lot better than the market. And, uh, you know, we were going into that less aggressive than we normally are. But still, we didn't get a lot of calls, people worrying and think the world was going to end. And that typically is the time where you get more lasting bottoms. So that's a big reason as well as just the economic backdrop. So we're going to touch on all of those things today, but also. We're they just passed the stimulus bill. Twelve hundred dollar checks are gonna to come to a lot of Americans, but not everyone. So we're gonna talk about the details of how much you're probably going to get from the stimulus package. Also, what is the impact gonna be on consumer spending? We know it's going to be pretty drastic but what industries are going to be hit more than others. And the Fed balance sheet has now topped $5 trillion. Yep, that's it. $5 trillion. have on limited QE. They're printing hundreds of billions of dollars a day now uh, For in some days. And it's pretty clear that they're going to do this is what their whatever it takes moment, right? Buying corporate bonds, buying mortgage-backed securities, buying way more treasuries in order to monetize our debt, in order to uh, afford this stimulus package and bail out of some, some industries. So not a shock here, but it's pretty interesting, and I'm going to talk about what the ramifications might be for that. So that's what's on my mind today. Let's touch it. Let's check in on the markets overall. We had about a 6% rise in the S&P. Same with the small caps. The NASDAQ not quite as big, about 5%. Remember, it didn't sell off quite as hard, so it's probably not going to rally back quite as hard. Transportation index is only up about a little less than 4%. That lag, that is one indication that I'm looking for that this rally has legs, and it didn't really rally that that hard. Uh, So that's something uh, to consider. So once again, this is a rally that probably was expected because of oversold situation, hitting major, major support areas on a lot of the indexes. Uh, the only one that didn't see it hitting major support was uh, the NASDAQ, but every other index talking with NYSE, the S&P, the Dow, they all hit major, major support zones, and we from it. And the big question is, will we retrace, will we retest, and, and when, I think is the big question. Uh, which uh, we're going to be following that and get, keeping you abreast of how we're thinking about markets right now. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. Let me take a moment to update our regular listeners about our current technical audio issues. Simple terms: our high fidelity internet connection is fell down last week uh we've ordered new equipment and hopefully we're gonna get that installed in the next couple of days uh so sorry that the audio quality has been a little lower than it normally is in the meantime Steve and i continue to call in the studio using smartphones to uh to get that in to, to get shows to you so i realize it sounds isn't as good as we want but please bear with us we'll be back up hopefully sometime next week we're pushing our technical crew on that now, with that said, I'm here and on duty and ready to take your investing and finance questions now at 888 chart
2: With the recent events surrounding the coronavirus, now more than ever, people are staying at home and getting away from their exercise routine. Gyms are closing, people are stuck inside, and tightness and stiffness are afflicting us all. This is the perfect time to focus on personal health and wellness, which is an industry on the rise. Recently, I have discovered this great product to reduce my pain and stiffness caused by sitting too long at my desk doing research. The product has 13 all-natural ingredients and is sold in hundreds of doctors' offices, pharmacies, retail chains, gyms, and spas throughout the country. This muscle rub, made by Quanta, a publicly traded applied science company, has patented technology proven to supercharge key ingredients and make them perform five times more effectively within the human body. It is optimized to drastically reduce both pain and inflammation naturally. I know this sounds too good to be true, but they have the white paper to prove it. I use their various health and wellness products every day for a host of different benefits. Additionally, for a limited time, listeners of InvestDoc can receive promotional discount pricing at buyquanta.com. Use the promo code INVEST to save 20% on your first order. In fact, Quanta is so confident you'll be pleased with their products, they actually offer a money back guarantee if you aren't satisfied with the results. Again, simply use the code INVEST to save 20% at buyquanta.com. B U Y Q U A N T A.com. You are listening to Invest Talk
3: the health of your financial future may depend on the decisions you start making now in 2020. Justin Klein is here, ready to provide his unbiased investment guidance, and the phone lines are open. 888-99-CHART.
1: Hi, this is Jason from Memphis. I'm calling about Equinor, E-Q-N-R. It's the Norwegian oil company. I'm wondering once oil settles down if this might be a good play looking forward to hearing the answer on the air thanks for all you guys do i have never heard of this Econor, and that immediately makes me skeptical uh anything in the oil patch that i don't really see very often uh, is probably pretty small but this actually isn't it's 39 billion dollar market cap they do about 29 billion dollars in debt and that's the biggest worry here, trading at $11.83 today. It did hit a low of $8.41 just a few days ago. And revenue the fourth quarter was on 32%. Earnings on 22%. Obviously, it's going to be much, much worse now. Earnings are expected to be $0.66 cents total for or Sorry, 2020, and... That level of debt is a little bit worrisome for me, so uh, I don't like that. Six, pays about a seven percent dividend. That is stretched based on past numbers and means that's going to be even worse going forward. So uh, I, you know, I would pass on it just because I just don't like these. Even though it's still thirty-nine billion dollar market cap, I don't like that level of debt. From a uh, 3 times kind of interest earned in eighteen. I mean, the balance sheet isn't terrible. I'll say that, but I just don't like. I would rather own the bigger players. You know, your companies that you that are much more broadly diversified uh, have similar debt levels, but have a much bigger revenue base uh, on their uh, <clears throat> with the company and more diversified. So uh, I would stick with a bigger name, but. I don't hate it because the balance sheet looks decent compared to a lot of others in the industry. Let's go to Josh in Santa Clara, Santa Cruz looking at Dominion energy. Oh, hi. Um, yes, John, um, Oh, John, sorry. Uh, uh hi. Um, yes, I am wondering if you think the, the, uh, dividend is safe and, uh, I was going to buy it today, but it went up like 8% or 7%, so I don't want to be chasing it. On the other hand, it's still cheap, it seems to me, if I look at a chart. <clears throat> I'll tell you this. We own this for some managed account, uh, and we're actually looking to exit this um, on this bounce, mainly because of the doubt level. Um, I still like it, but... If I'm going to, you know, we're, we're looking at two things right now. We're looking at non cyclical businesses that have low to minimal debt. And Dominion is a great company. It has long-term good profitability metrics. But that level of debt, they've been spending heavily on a new infrastructure and that could backfire on them. Um, their, their cash flow is still positive, but... You know, with the level of debt that it has in its balance sheet, we, we liked it in an economy where you could roll debt very easily in the market, you could roll debt very easily. And I think they will still continue to roll that debt. I don't think it's a bankruptcy candidate or anything like that. I just don't love it anymore for this environment. The definitely was oversold, so, you know, we didn't sell in the fire sale, but on this bounce back in the 80 level, we are looking, uh, to, uh, reduce our position in it and, and maybe even eliminate it so i like the company i just uh you know skiing a little deeper we're getting a little bit more critical of the levels of debt on company balance sheets and this has about 38 billion dollars in debt on a 60 billion dollar market cap 16 billion dollars in revenue uh you know so that's my take but still a great company just don't love it in this environment you to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. Give me a call at eight 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 ninety nine charts.
3: This is Invest Talk. The coronavirus crisis has caused many changes, but for now, Steve Peasley is still planning to visit Houston on April seventeenth and Chicago on April twentieth to provide personalized, no cost, and no obligation portfolio review consultations. You can learn more and register now at investtalk.com.
1: Let's go to Paul in Santa Cruz. Here's Santa Cruz caller, Mint. Talking about Mint, M-I-N-T, which is the PIMCO Enhanced Short Maturity Active ETF. And this is kind of a cash alternative, right Paul?
3: Well, that was the the idea when I moved a whole bunch of money into it uh, last month, and all of a sudden I looked at I was looking at the last five years chart and it looked like it maybe moved five cents, ten cents, at the most. And this month it's down; it just fell out of bed. It's down like four percent. So I'm trying to figure out what happened, uh, you know, why it why it went down so much, and should I just bail on it now or? Or what, I'm kind of confused
1: why it took such a big hit. Well, this is your classic example of picking up pennies in front of a steamroller, right? You're, it's a short-term bond fund yielding, uh, at, before the drop, somewhere in the neighborhood of 2%. Now it's close to 2.5%. And the reason it drops so dramatically is because it still takes risk. Even though it's low risk, it still takes some risk. And they invest in short-term corporate bond funds. You know, most of them are very high quality. About forty-seven percent are AAA, twelve percent are AA, twenty-two percent are A, fourteen percent are BBB, but one percent double B, a little less than one percent B, right? And there's uh, some that are not rated as well. So that's kind of the spread of the credit ratings. You know, you have companies like a Hertz, right? Hertz. Bonds are probably not doing very well uh, in this environment, whether they're uh, long term or short term bonds. You have Volkswagen, Citibank, uh, Charter Communications, PNC Bank, NTT Finance. So these are kind of the top holdings in their portfolio. And, you know, I'm not saying they're going to go bankrupt, but their bond prices are. are depressed a little bit. But I think the, my confusion is, is that jump
3: bonds have taken a the big, they've jumped right back up, but this thing hasn't moved. So that's what I was kind of wondering what was going on.
1: Yeah, that is pretty interesting that it hasn't moved too much. Uh, I think part of the reason is the Fed came in and probably pumped more money into longer dated corporate bonds versus short dated corporate bonds. Uh, and maybe that's why it hasn't. Recovered quite as much. Um, I think in the end you'll still be fine, um, but it's probably going to take a little while for to get back uh, above that hundred mark. Um, you know, depends on your opportunity. To me, this has dropped three, four percent, but the market has dropped, had dropped thirty percent, and there were a lot of fantastic buying opportunities that you could invest uh, a, a, with much higher returns and even you know safer. Um, investments, you know, short, you're looking at short term because you're worried about interest rates rising. Um, and clearly that wasn't really the case here. And you were taking a lot of credit risk with very little duration risk. And that is the issue here. So, um, depends on what you're going to do with the money. If you want to sell it, I do think there are better opportunities, but I also do think this will recover back above that hundred, $101 mark on MINT. Thanks for the call, Paul. Try to be patient to get it back there. Now, let me run down a few key stats and observations of some key sectors in the market today. Bank stocks, bank debt, mini bonds, these are things that hold down the market and they're going to need to come back in a big way if enthusiasm and relative strength in the market is going to recover and you're still not seeing that. If you look at the XLF, for example, the relative strength is still about 50, 49, uh, which is not great, not terrible, but definitely not not great. Uh, w, trying the banking. I'm trying to find the banking index, but um, basically, this is an environment where financials are not going to do well. Really well. There are some niche financial plays. We picked up one more on the automobile, uh, automobile coverage, right? automobile insurance, that type of company. We like that because guess what? People are paying their premiums on their, on their auto insurance, but they're not driving. So claims are going to be way down. So those are the types of opportunities that we're seeing in the marketplace. But for bank stocks, life insurance, not a big fan uh, of those. And if uh, this market is going to recover to any major degree, you're going to need to see those uh, start to outperform, and you're not seeing that yet. Airline stocks are off the low because of federal help, but, again, if this continues to drag out and there's a change in behavior, change in habit when it comes to traveling, I definitely think this will be an area that is going to struggle. I never liked airline stocks before. My grandpa always hated them because they were very capital intensive. Right, You have to lease planes and you have big workforce and uh, unions and it's competitive, and at the end of the day, people just want to get from point A to point B. They don't care too much, as long as you're on a terrible airline. They just want you to get them there safe. Um, so that's an area that uh, I think won't recover for many, many years. Uh, Boeing looks to be getting the rescue package, but you know, how long will that, uh, will that last? Amex, Mastercard, Visa, they're trading higher, and we you know, come to so credit card companies, you want to get rid of credit risk, you don't want to have any credit risk on that side. And when we, after the break, we're going to get to the unemployment claims and what that looks like, what that means for the rest of the market. Now the next investor could this unfolding market shock and the economic crisis caused by the coronavirus disrupts turn out to be a do there night scenario for the Federal Reserve? That story tomorrow.
3: Numbers are elusive. I bought this stock last year at about $6.75. They're always changing. I got them at $3.99, and it's Took a major hit. First up, then down, then up again, or maybe sideways. What would be a good entry point? On Invest Talk, the focus is on numbers that affect our listeners and their portfolios. Carl in Ohio, he wants to talk
2: about his 401k.
1: Hi, Justin, uh, longtime listener of the show. I absolutely love it. Let's go to Dave
3: and San Leandro. You've got to be prepared for volatility.
2: I want to know what you think for
1: someone like me. And they know it. I'm 31 years old.
3: So the question. Questions keep coming.
1: Should I dollar cost average
3: that? Twenty four seven.
1: How much of your portfolio should you put into like ETFs and mutual funds?
3: From every part of America. Hey, Steve and Justin. My name's Josh, calling from Buffalo, New York. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein analyze the complex patterns in those numbers and do their very best to decipher the potential meanings. Thanks for everything you guys do. And here's one number that keeps rising. More than twenty million Invest Talk podcast downloads, and for that, Steve and Justin thanked their loyal listeners.
1: And I find you guys to be pretty much entirely trustworthy, so I'm curious, how do you do that?
2: Independent thinking, shared success. It's all about the numbers.
3: InvestTalk.com. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial. Where Invest Talk hosts. And KPP principals, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein practice parallel investing. That means Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing at investtalk.com. 8899 chart, 88992
1: 4278. Now let's talk a little about this rally, and based on the technicals, this has a better than average chance to fail, right? Uh, I talked to you kind of at the top of the show how we hit major, major support levels on a lot of the major indexes, and we've started a short-term tradable bottom. Uh, Now, a lot of the Tradability uh, has come and gone rather quickly, right? We've rallied 20% from its its low in just three days. Uh, But that shouldn't shock anybody. Some of the best rallies in history and sharpest, quickest, fastest, strongest rallies have come during a bear market, and that's what this likely is. Now, while the mother of support zones has been hit and bounced off of around the 2200 level on the S&P. Now we let, we lie at around 2630 at the close today and the big question is where is the next resistance level? Well, a little higher here, about 2655, but the major one, two major ones to me are either the 2800 level or the 2940 level on the S&P. Those two are huge huge levels. That if we can get through on a closing basis on a weekly uh, weekly close, that would show me that there's some technical uh, repair been, that has been done to the indexes. Right, that would get us into likely around the two hundred day and the fifty day moving average if we get up there. So there would be. Absolutely massive, massive resistance around that twenty nine hundred level, and I think there's a decent chance we get there. I think there's a good chance we get to that twenty eight hundred level on the S and P. But once again, capitulation has not happened. The ultimate despair of people throwing in the towel in equities has not happened. This is what. I consider to be the hope phase. We've entered the hope phase of this psychological cycle, right? We had a lot of euphoria late last year after the Fed pivoted, reached new highs, uh, and now this is the catalyst to roll over the, the coronavirus. A lot of people aren't talking about the oil war, oil Market share war between Russia and Saudi Arabia that has really decimated a lot of the oil stocks and hit the credit markets. Uh, This happened in 2016, right when oil prices dipped uh, down into the twenties back then as well, uh, and and did a lot of technical damage to the charts, to the economy, to the credit markets. But we recovered from that based on you know monetary stimulus. Now we've had that. Now we've had monetary stimulus. And fiscal stimulus, but the big question is that enough? Is that enough to counter the health crisis that we have the psychological crisis that we have as a world as a country and my answer still right now is no it's not because we we are likely to see this drag out for many, many months and possibly a couple of years okay so uh so that's something that you have to consider. You have to understand that this is likely a bear market rally. And if you are looking to you know, get a little optimism in your head, try to temper that and reassess your portfolio. And if you need help with that, understanding what to buy, what to unload, what to sell, what to get rid of because maybe that's too much debt or it's too cyclical, et cetera, that's the that's mind, mindset you need to have and if you need help figuring that out, you can send me over your portfolio and I will analyze it for you and help you out and give you a little direction. So, let's grab another caller question that came in earlier to our Voice Bank at 888 eight ninety nine check Hi.
3: Thank
1: you for taking my call. I have a quick question. My husband, who is 37 years old and he has a retirement portfolio. Of 120,000. He has already lost 40,000. So he was thinking to convert all the stocks to bonds. So, do you think this is a good idea at this moment? Because we are uh, predicting the market to fall further in the future. So, should we convert all the stocks in our portfolio to bonds?
2: Thank you so much.
1: Well, first off, the big question is what type of bonds uh, not all bonds are created equal you treasuries should be treated differently than uh, high yield bonds and emerging market bonds, foreign bonds as well as investment grade bonds and mini bonds and mortgage bonds. There's a lot of bonds that are out there uh now, we are getting a lot of these requests from our our listeners and clients uh well not current clients, but uh, a lot of our listeners who are, are calling up you know similar uh situations your 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 husband who, uh, you know, see a decline in uh, 30% in their portfolio. Uh, I talked to one the other day, they just retired late last year, and this is how retirement meets them. That's why we always say, once you're retirement, you need to reduce your overall risk profile. Otherwise, you can sustain these types of level of losses, which is not uncommon for equities, okay? So what I would say is, now that you are getting that bounce, we should be legging out of equities and into safer investments. What is that? Safer equities? Which is still risky, but safer than maybe cyclical names. Uh, and but a safer way to go would be to like into what we would do is a high-grade corporate bond ladder going out three, five, seven years, and we're getting six, seven percent now in this market now that we've had this big sell-off. So uh, I do think that's a good idea, especially if uh, I think she said she said that he was in his seventies, so this is a good age. Uh, that you should be taking a lot less risk. So if you need help with that, give us a call, reach out to us, go to our website, investtalk.com, or Steve, contact us, and we will get back to you, and we can set up a call to discuss those steps. But yes, I do think that is a good idea in this market. But not all types of bonds, it's trying to be relatively conservative while still getting pretty good yield. And luckily in this environment, we're able to do that. I'm Justin Klein. You're listening to Invest Talk, and you are in good company. and keep download statistics, and we know that January and February exceeded half a million downloads. And we thank you for your patronage, your support, and we know that in March we are trending towards over seven hundred thousand. Download. Let, me get a, let me get an updated statistics here. I always like to uh, give our listeners live stats. We are at, for the month of March already, 623,000. Yep. So we're going to be over 700,000 this month alone. And so please be sure to tell your friends and family members about Talk and our website, investtalk.com. If you are unsure where to start, I suggest you take the Risk wise Risk Questionnaire and help you define your investment comfort zone and start creating a portfolio that is designed for you. Now, of course, you can call our KP Financial offices in Irvine, California, and we will help you out. We want to help you. But for now, our phone lines are open at eight 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 ninety nine charts
3: At a time of great interest in the market, InvestTalk listeners are invited to expand their stock and strategy guidance information by listening to a special new bonus podcast, the InvestTalk Rapid Fire Hour. By concentrating exclusively on InvestTalk's voice bank questions, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein were able to move the podcast at a brisk pace. So tell your friends. They can hear answers to 28 questions in just an hour's time. Go to investtalk.com to see the podcast listing for the March bonus show. And now the anytime listener lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Justin, this is uh, SJ from Bay Area. I wanted to have uh, ask you your opinion about PULSE. ULS. So uh, instead of, you know, using a high-yield savings account, I've been uh, kind of parking my money into this ultra-short bond fund ETF. But lately, you know, with the market, uh, this has also kind of gone down, not at the rate at market, but it's down like 5% in the last couple of weeks. And uh, as a result, like, you know, all the savings that I've had, um, so I so saw uh, kind of continue holding this, uh, hoping at least it would break even. Thank you.
1: Yeah, so this is uh, just another one of those mint type of vehicles that we talked about earlier today, earlier on the show with that other caller, uh, short-term bond fund. And this is why you really need to understand what you're, what you're buying is uh, and the type of risk that you're taking. Remember, every asset class, every asset that you're owning has a certain type of risk that you're getting exposed to, even if you don't feel it, right? For many years, investors were investing in these short-term uh, to short term bond funds in this case, and c- picking up a nice, decent yield. However, they were, and they were getting a little bit higher percentage than, say, your standard uh, money market account, maybe a quarter percent, half a percent. But you're taking credit risk, and even though these are all investment-grade cre- credits, this is something that uh, will have bouts of volatility here and there when credit risk suddenly rears its ugly head. And so will this get back to kind of that $49, $50 mark? Sure, probably eventually, um, as long as you don't have any major defaults in the portfolio. Uh, but that's not guaranteed either. So I think you're going to be okay, but it's going to take a little while. This will slowly, gradually move back towards uh, up there. But once again, you have to assess whether this is worth it. Would you rather... Earn what was this yielding back when it was around fifty? It was yielding about two and a half percent, and a money market account was yielding around. I think you get CDs a couple months ago, about two and a quarter, two. So is that extra quarter percent worth the credit risk? No, it's not you. Are that FDIC insured CD or money market account or savings account that is guaranteed, and you're not going to have credit risk, right? So this is what you have to learn as uh, you're going along with your money is really understand risk versus reward. And here, and in the, and, and credit markets in general, you're talking about high yield credit, even investment grade credit like this, the, the credit spreads were so tight that the risk reward was not there in order to really allocate a ton of money to that space. So I rather own very safe, like I said, CDs uh, that are that are backed and insured by the government. So, you know, in this environment, you see things that are abnormal, atypical, but you have to understand when investing in any type of vehicle what the potential is. With any investment, you always have to look at potential and be ready for that potential and willing and able to take that level of risk. Thanks for the call. Great question, and that uh, we'd love to hear and see these kind of anomalies because hopefully it teaches everybody what to look out for and what to consider when making financial decisions. 8899 chart 88992 8. Let's touch on this stimulus package. Now, millions of Americans are going to receive about $1,200 as part of this $2 trillion stimulus deal. Now, $1,200, that's nice. But it's one month. You know how many months is going to go along? Also, people making over ninety nine thousand dollars, or married and making over one hundred ninety eight thousand dollars, are not going to receive any payments at all. And the earning limit is one hundred forty six thousand five hundred for people who file the taxes as head of household. So head of household, you know your limits a little higher. Now, it also phases out as well. So just because, say, you make ninety thousand, you think you're you're you've slipped under that threshold, well, you're not really going to get nearly as much as a lot of other people because it starts phasing out over $75,000. So for every 1000 or $100 that you exceed that $75,000 level, your rebate is going to drop about $5. So if you make $76,000, for example, you only need $1,150. So by the time you get to $99,000, you are barely going to get much at all. Um, so this money is not going to be counted as taxable income. That's a good thing. But it could take about three weeks to get your check. Some are saying it may last long. It may take longer, but they're trying to promise it within within that time frame. Uh, they're expanding unemployment benefits. They're providing some relief for small businesses, which is, you know, that's, once again, this is a very short-term package. $2 trillion, and this is going to get us through a month. I, you know, I, I just don't see it being nearly enough, it'll get people to you know maybe pay rent or pay their electric bills, utility bills, buy some food, but it's not going to be any long-term fix for the economy, yeah. especially when you have this news that came out earlier today, which was unemployment claims at 3.28 million, new claims. And remember, in the financial crisis, the peak was about six or 700,000, if I remember correctly, Uh, and any one particular month. So this is gigantic. And this is quadrupled the previous record in in 1982. But the good is, good thing is that many of the lost jobs will probably return once we kind of get back to work. But there's no, timeline for this, right? Uh, And I think that's one thing Trump is trying to do is he's trying to give us hope. Give us hope that, okay, maybe by Easter we can get back to work. And and I think that's wishful thinking in a lot of ways. I I like that he's trying to show everyone a light at the end of the tunnel because it is kind of hard without a a defined date. But at the same time, it's probably unrealistic as well to we get back on that date. That the Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we have one goal here: to help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. And our work continues after this final break. To you get your questions in now at 99 chat.
3: On the next Invest Talk. The coronavirus slowdown is starting to rival the Federal Reserve's doomsday bank stress test scenario. That story tomorrow. But now Justin Klein is here. He's ready for your questions. Call Justin. 888-99-CHART.
1: Let's go to Ray in San Jose looking at Travel Zoo. Wow, this is a blast from the past. Hi, Justin. How are you doing? Great, great. Thank you for taking my call, and I appreciate the great show. Thank you. Just wanted no, to no. find out what you think about Travelzoo or even Expedia. Is it a good time to get into any of these two? Well, travel. The, the good thing about both of these are going to struggle uh, a little bit in this environment. Now, Travelzoo. What's good about them is that they have zero debt. On their balance sheet. So, uh, you know, they're 43 million dollar market cap, so very small cap company, and their price ID even is about two. But clearly their business is going to be severely strained now. Which is, for these type of companies, it's fine. They've, they've managed their balance sheet well. They have very little liabilities. And therefore, they're probably going to get through this just fine. Uh, even though their stock may. Shatter down here around three bucks for a while. I, I wouldn't expect a, a big recovery anytime soon, um, and likely a better buying opportunity, probably closer to one or two dollars a share. Um, but I don't think they're going to go bankrupt because they don't have any long-term debt. Now, Expedia, on the other hand, they're much bigger. They're a much better, lo- more well-run company from an execution standpoint. They have a nine billion-dollar market cap, but they do have about two billion dollars, five billion dollars in debt, long-term debt in their balance sheet. Even though they have about four billion in uh, short-term cash, so you know, net two billion dollars in debt, uh, which is a little bit, but not too bad. And I think they'll get through this. So, um, longer term, I I rather own the better company, the more profitable company, which is Expedia. Uh, and I do think they will get through it, although it's a little riskier just because they do have that debt on their balance sheet. But if I'm picking one or the other, I'm definitely going with Expedia. Thanks for the call, Ray. 8899 chart 88992 4278 Let's talk quickly about consumer spending and how this is going to impact various areas of the marketplace. Now, in 2008, financial crisis, well luxury space, revenue declined about 11% during that time. I expect this to be worse. Um, a lot of that not only having to do with the amount of layoffs and the depth of this recession, but also the fact that less people are going to be going to malls and public areas where they could pick up the virus, right? And you I see drastic drops in store traffic uh, in hard-hit areas like China. Uh, And so, you know, Italy is in lockdown and that's about 5 or 6% of the luxury industry right there in Italy. So I definitely see that area struggling and you, once again, want to be in companies that don't have uh, a bunch of debt. Also, restaurants. Restaurants, that's going to be hit maybe not quite as bad as the the luxury space. And the companies that are going to be do better are those that are have value oriented offerings. You know, kind of your lower tier restaurants, fast food, fast casual. Those are the ones that are going to uh, do the best in this environment. Also, those are mobile platforms where you can you can order online where you don't have to stand in line with a bunch of other people. You can just order, pop in, and pick it up and leave. I think those types of companies are going to do better and be able to uh, those that can market. Uh, digitally as well, I think those are the, so those are the com- companies that you should be targeting with uh with strong balance sheets right that maybe don't have uh, franchisees that could go under right they borrowed a bunch of money to over- open up franchises things like that definitely want to target those names that have clean and solid balance sheets and Brewers, alcohol. Alcohol is going to be down, especially in the beer segment. Uh, beer segment has been, you know, people think of sporting events, the lack of sporting events that are happening. That's going to hit the alcohol space in a dramatic way as well. So once again, clean balance sheet, most important aspect of buying companies today. Not doesn't to be thick and span, but it needs to be a solid balance sheet. I'm Justin Klein. This is another Invest Talk program. We'll return on Monday. you will host the program tomorrow. Please remember that you and your friends and access our free Invest Talk podcast downloads at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And be sure to listen, rate, and review. Good night.